Welcome to the Scott Shepard Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Hey, what's up, friend? Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Scott Shepard. Today's episode is number 232, and it is coming to you on a Wednesday at 5.53 Post Meridian from Little Italy, San Diego, California. And today, here is what we are going to cover. Here's what we are going to talk about. I am going to share with you why Nicholas Lumen's anti-net, Zettelkasten, is not a memory tool. It's not something for remembering and being able to recall and find your notes. It is more than that. And I'm going to tie it into what we learned the past two days, which revolved around, well, actually, let me think. I'm kind of having some uh, retroactive interference right now because I I can't even recall or remember what we talked about. (laughs) Just kidding. And unless you have listened to the past two episodes and unless you are an intellectual slash nerd and have a sense of humor, you will not get that joke. And even if you do, there is a good chance you will not find it funny. Anywho, you'll be happy to know, as always, I'm going to continue my streak of talking about my cat, Brodus, and I wish I could take a picture. I mean, I could take a picture right now, but he is laying on my desk under a green lamp. It's one of those green banker lamps that I have propped up on my desk, and I love the color green which you will certainly know once you get to know more about me. And anyway, under this green lamp rests Brodus, Maximus Shepherd the 16th. He is slightly on his back. His arms are up in the air. His feet are spread as if almost like a frog, and he's laying on his back as if he is signaling that he wants his belly rubbed and his newly manscaped ball sack rubbed. Hey, stop it, Brodus. And yes, today's sponsor, once again, is brought to you by Manscaped for Cats. The Lawn Meower 2.0 is a pet-friendly shaver for uh, shearing the scroti region of pets, cats, specifically uh, of the ragdoll varietal. And on that note, before we jump into uh, the anti-net, which is my latest obsession, I would like to touch upon news and an update from my previous obsession, which is kind of my part-time obsession still, which is the world of cryptocurrency. And in the world of cryptocurrency, it has been a wild past 24 hours. First off, El Salvador, 
uh, announced that they were making Bitcoin a legal tender part of their currency. And for some reason that this essentially crashed the market, <laughs> which I don't know if it, that is a uh, essentially a, 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 a bad omen or a sign of Bitcoin or a bad omen or a sign of, well, what the world thinks of El Salvador <laughs> and what it, what it will do to the Bitcoin price. Uh, oh, God. Current Brodus, Brodus, he just stepped on my keyboard like a dick. Okay. Well, thankfully, he did not turn off this recording. It wouldn't be a complete show of the Daily Scott Shepard without, you know, some freaking dramatic uh, overreaction by Sir Scott Shepard himself uh, regarding the behavior of one of his children whom have hair on their face. Anyway, that was part one of the crypto update. The second part is this. As you may or may not know, I co-founded a cryptocurrency called XYO. It stands for the XY Oracle Network. It then got shortened to XYO Network, and I think technically it's called just XYO these days. But quite frankly, none of that matters because 96% of you listening to this that are interested in XYO are interested in XYO for one reason and one reason only. Well, actually two. The first reason is this. You are a badass. You like the mantra, the idea, the philosophy, and the spirit of XYO, supporting a early-staged crypto company and crypto ecosystem and getting involved, right? And one that actually caters to real-life, real-world people, and not just, well, crypto nerds that only care about themselves and have Asperger's and, quite frankly, hate people and just spend time creating memes on Reddit. Well, that's for a different crowd and a different set of cryptocurrencies, yet the XYO one is a little bit different. It's the one I co-founded, and the team is still running. The app is live and kicking. It's a lot smaller than it used to be. And what is amazing is that it was announced today that XYO shall be listed on Coinbase Pro, a major, major cryptocurrency exchange. And it was almost four years ago that I met up with my co-founder, Ari Tro and started XYO. And man, that set off a wild ride, wild journey. It's that was that was in the fall of 2017. Here we are in well, I hate announcing dates because it ages this podcast, but anyway, here we are almost 4 years later and man, it has been a wild wild ride. And so I just want to say to anyone that was ever involved in the XYO project ecosystem, supporters, and even even people that were shaken out, discouraged, and no longer hold XYO, there is no reason to not feel proud of yourself, and there's no reason to beat yourself up 
for selling XYO and getting shaken out of the market because you had the courage to get involved in the first place and you should be proud of yourself. It couldn't be where it is today without you, period. And that is a little brief crypto update that I wanted to uh, provide for you. Before we get into the thing that I am most passionate about and interested in right now, which is how to develop your knowledge, how to develop your brain, how to think better, how to create genius level work, mostly catering to those that are creatives, writers, academic researchers, and just love learning, love growing. And what I covered the past two days was that most people, when they think of memory, they think of one component of it that they ought to correct for. And hold on, let me close Twitter so I don't see some very, very compelling news in the what's happening section. Like, um, well, like dynamite airing on TNT wrestling news with Sting or, of course, even more pertinent to my life and really more helpful and useful to the, well, evolution and intelligence and continued growth of the Homo sapiens species is the following news bit, which is apparently Pop Sugar UK is trying to share with me that Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are expecting baby number two. Um... Okay, I, uh, oh, no, 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 don't, don't cancel recording. I almost canceled recording. Okay, I want to close Twitter. Sorry, guys. I need to get, I just cannot, I cannot see that filth. I'm just sick to my stomach. I want to freaking, I think, I think Brodus just lost his appetite as well. I hope you continue to enjoy and eat your fancy feast tonight, Brodus. Okay. Anyway, with uh, the distractions out of my face, and now that I can think straight, um, you know, I was quite frankly and honestly, whenever I'm presented with news about, you know, the, one of the Kardashians, I get really, really sidetracked because I'm just so fascinated and interested with their rich, in-depth lives and their contributions to this planet Earth. Which, in my opinion, is a net negative. So, yesterday I was talking about the aspect of memory and human memory that most people think of when they think of memory. And it's what most people think of when they plan to figure out what they want to essentially correct for in terms of the human memory. And most people think of this concept in the disciplinary field of, of human memory called retroactive interference. And what retroactive interference is centers on the occurrence, the phenomenon of essentially forgetting information that you have already learned, that deep down you already know. Yet what we learned yesterday is that that 
is not the only form of interference involving your memory that you need to correct for and you need to plan for. You see, there is another type, perhaps even a more insidious type, which is called proactive interference. And what this is centers on the perennial human cognitive fallacy wherein our memory seems to play tricks on us. Or another way of terming that is perhaps we seem to play tricks on ourselves because we rely on a memory that is comprised of parts and those individual parts are perhaps over time eroded and inaccurate. Hey, Scott Shepard here. Real quick, this podcast is sponsored by me. Yes, me, Sir Scott of Shepard. I am committed to never shilling some dildo hipster crappy freaking product like all the other podcasters do. All right? My only ask, however, is that you spend 10 seconds right now. Literally pull to the side of the freaking road, the freeway. Stop. (laughs) Rate and review this podcast. Share it with a friend. This will help me spread my movement. You see, I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days writing and creating using analog tools while making multiple six figures if they even need to, and more importantly, building a tribe of people that they were called to build, okay? And I want you to rate and review this podcast because it will directly help me in this mission. That's all I ask. All right, now back to the regularly scheduled program. Peace. And so what proactive interference is, is that you essentially have parts of your memory that comprise whole memories, like whole components of certain memories, right? But the certain parts are actually errant. They are incorrect. They are filled with inaccurate details. And that is called proactive interference, which is even more dangerous. It probably contributes to the self-delusions of the grandiose narcissists out there, which, well, I'm not going to get into politics, so we're not going to, we're not going to talk about it. Just for the record, I voted for Kanye West uh, for president, and quite frankly, I I still think that that he would make a hell of a president, at least a very interesting one. And so that is my political views. Kanye West, Kanye West 2024, Kanye West 2028, just goes goes on and on and on. It will (laughs) I will never rest until Kanye West is president of the free world. Um. So here is what I would like to get into now that I've laid down some contextual background about what we have covered the past two days. I have taught you retroactive interference. I've also taught you proactive interference, which 
is thinking you know something when, well, you don't. And the proactive interference results in you not being able to actually learn new ideas, new paradigms, new things, and new ways of thinking because your memory is comprised of errant parts. And you are self-deluded into thinking and believing that your memory is immaculate. I've read about people that you know, experience such things. I mean, of course, it's never happened to me, but I find it quite curious to, uh, to read about that there are some people that don't have perfect memories. But anyway, here is why the Antinet, the Zettelkasten, is not a memory tool, but a thinking tool. It is what, a, what Lumen called a thinking tool. It's what Johannes Schmidt called a thinking tool. And the key reason for this, and the key reason for why the Antinet Zettelkasten is not a memory tool, but a thinking tool, centers on its proficiency in surfacing parts of your thinking, of your mind, that upon further rumination, and note the word rumination, you're going to hear it maybe at some point. You're definitely going to hear it in the book that I release on this. But the Zettelkasten surfaces parts of your thinking that upon further rumination, keyword rumination, actually expose themselves, meaning your thoughts expose themselves as not entirely correct. And the best part is, is that you don't have to swallow a humility pill to actually accept it. You will see it and you will begin to have a dialogue and disagree with your past self, your past opinions, and be able to revise, correct, update them, append, append your thoughts, and evolve it. And the Antinet, thanks to its structure and its analog design, it surfaces and exposes and evolves proactive interference in a manner that is much different than that which is experienced in any digital note-taking tool. Perhaps it's even impossible for note... I wouldn't say impossible, but actually to have it in your hand, yeah, there is, there is something called external contextual uh, memory, a memory component that is, relies on external contextual factors, and external means you're actually able to hold, touch, tactile. And so digital cannot achieve that. And digital does not surface proactive interference and expose you to your own flaws and your own thinking caused by proactive interference in a way that an analog anti-net Zettelkasten does. And so that is the lesson for today. And before we end, end up, I need to share with you something very, very important. It is this. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you heard that, Fiona just, well, this is kind of crazy. Um, I actually own the sword from Hook, the movie Hook. It's my 
one of my favorite movies of all time. So yeah, Robin Williams fought with the sword, but it's the stunt sword. It's not like the metal one. And it is in an acrylic glass case and my Renob cat, Fiona, uh, essentially tried to jump up on it or something and she completely biffed and like smacked into the side of it. Uh, so, but that, that is not the important thing I want to share with you. What I would like to share with you is this. I would really like and appreciate for you to join me in this wild, crazy journey of creating a movement around actually teaching and properly sharing with people what the best way to develop your mind is. And the best way to develop your mind, I believe, and many others do as well, derives from a thinking tool and a system created by Nicholas Luhmann, a prodigious scholar, academic, and thinker that devised a system. And he passed away in 1997. And since then, the system has been misunderstood. And it has been, unfortunately, miscommunicated everywhere. But that is what I'm on a mission right now to fix. And if you are a listener, and you appreciate and find value in the power of analog and thinking systems and even the content that I am covering, then I would like for you to send me a letter via physical mail. And I'm asking a lot of you. I'm not going to ask you to just sign up for it. That's easy. Sign up on an email address, you know, text a phone number. No. I am for people. This is a very big and huge commitment. Like I'm essentially going to be challenging you and you should expect to be challenged more than any other thing in your life. Okay. This isn't just a podcast for me to entertain you and well, give you some tidbits of value to make your life easier. No. If I do my job right and I release the book, it is going to put you through absolute hell in terms of your thinking, in terms of how you read, in terms of how you take notes. But I need your support, and I need it right now. And all I need is for you to let me know that you are passionate and interested in this area. And I want you to send a letter to me. I want you to Put it on a three by five inch or a four by six inch card. And I want you to make sure you include your name and your mailing address. So if I need to respond, I can contact you. I mean, yeah, just obviously, right? And I would like to tell, I would like for you to tell me a little bit about, uh, yourself, your journey with uh, analog, and if you're interested in this. And for doing that, I am freaking crazy to the point where I will send you a free physical version of the book that I release. It will be signed, and I myself will cover 
the shipping fees and cover everything. There quite literally is zero catch. I'm just a renob and quite frankly, I'm so passionate and I love this area. It's just very fascinating to me that I get a lot of, well, knowledge and learning and it really helps me to hear from people that are crazy enough to actually do the insanely hard work of actually writing a letter and mailing it to me. So here is my address. You can address it to Scott Shepper at 600 West Broadway. And it is Suite 2, S-U-I-T-E. Uh, I'm sorry, Suite 700. So I'm going to re- I'm going to say it again. 600 West Broadway Suite 700 San Diego California 92101. Please send me a letter. Tell me about yourself. Tell me if you're interested. And tell me if you would like a free copy of my book when it is released. That's all I have to say. And I thank you very much for your time. And I shall sign off, but not first without always reminding you to stay crispy, my friend. Scott Shepard signing off. 616 Post Meridium. Peace and love. Bye. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me. Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do, all right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools, while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.